Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back once again to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. It is officially NFL Draft Week. Uh, we are excited because we got a ton of content coming out for you this week, uh, both recorded and live. But uh, before we get to that, I am your host, Jackson McCurry. Rolling with me, as always, is my co-host, Anthony Jokey. Anthony, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. We're about uh, ready to get to Christmas Eve here, uh, <laughs> Wednesday night, and then you know Thursday with it being a draft, it'll be Christmas time. Uh, the temperature might reflect that uh, yeah. as well. So, um, but yeah, it's always uh, one of the best times of year in the NFL draft. I know the Browns don't have a first round pick and we're going to be sitting around a while on uh, Friday night waiting for them to make a selection, but it's still an exciting time and it's, it's draft week. So it's definitely a positive this week. It, it sure is. And Anthony, right before we hit the record button, Got some big NFL news. Uh, it's the news we've been waiting the last five, six weeks on. The trade has been agreed upon. Aaron Rodgers is officially going to the New York Jets, and it's a big one. I I did not expect the compensation uh, to be what it was, but uh, according to Adam Schefter, who was the first to report the compensation, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets along with the 15th pick in the draft, and pick number 170, which is a fifth-round pick. Uh, Green Bay gets back the 13th pick, the 42nd pick, which the Jets acquired in the Elijah Moore trade with the Browns, uh, pick number 207, and a 2024 conditional second-round pick that can become a first if uh, Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps, which, I mean, he hasn't had really bad injuries throughout his career, so uh, more likely than not, Green Bay gets two number ones, uh, essentially for Aaron Rodgers along with a second and a fifth or a sixth round pick. So Anthony, this trade is finally completed. Aaron Rodgers now becomes another elite quarterback in the AFC, another obstacle for the Cleveland Browns to overcome uh, this upcoming season as they try to get to the Super Bowl. Um, your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers finally becoming a New York Jet? It's not only an obstacle just in being in the AFC, but the Browns do play the Jets again this year in the regular season. So you actually have to go out and beat them uh, as well. But uh, yeah, we knew this trade was coming. Uh, we wasn't sure, you know, when specifically it was going to happen. Uh, but, uh, you know, with it getting close to draft time, you figured that it would have to get done one of these days before the first round or, or the second round on Friday. It's a big trade. Uh, you know, the Jets gave up quite a bit and, you know, especially two first round picks. I, I know that they're swapping first, but, you know, those two slots are, are important and that conditional second round pick will pretty surely become a, another first rounder. It, look, the, the Jets are going all in. They have a ton of offensive talent that are on rookie deals, you know, rating rookie of the year, uh, offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson at, at receiver. So it's a big positive uh, for the Jets uh, to land somebody like Aaron Rodgers. Now you have to wonder what they're going to do with Zach Wilson. Maybe just let him sit, trade him. I'm not sure. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to come in there, obviously be the starter day one. And, you know, it's going to be Super Bowl or Jets or Super Bowl or bust for the Jets over the next couple seasons. Uh, if they don't, if they don't win one, this trade is going to be a, a pretty big disaster. So you better hope that uh, the Jets are able to put the final pieces together here, you know, with the draft and uh, whatever else is remaining in free agency, if they want to, 
but uh, they're going to have to, you know, hit a home run here with this trade and, and win a Super Bowl if it's going to be, uh, if it's going to be on a positive result of, of the trade meter. For sure. I mean, looking at the the Jets depth depth chart right now. Excuse me. Um, their defense is loaded from the front to the back. Um, they've drafted well the last couple of years. Uh, Sauce Gardner, their uh, number one pick last year, along with Garrett Wilson. I think they they knocked the first round out of the ballpark with those two draft picks. Um, their 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 defense up front, Quinnen Williams, Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, who was their other number one pick last year. Hopefully, he can break through for them. Um, they had, you know they got solid linebackers. Their secondary all around is solid. They acquired Chuck Clark from the Ravens. You mentioned on offense, they got Garrett Wilson. They signed Alan Lazard in free agency, Miko Hardman. They drafted Denzel Mims a couple years ago. They still have Corey Davis, so they're loaded at receiver. Uh, Tyler Conklin uh, showed promise as a up-and-coming rookie last year. Their, runner, their running backs are solid and young, and Carter and Hall, like, it's all there. Uh, they need to add to the offensive line. I could very well see them doing that Thursday night. Uh, the like you said, it's Super Bowl or bust. We don't know how long Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to play. Could be one year, could be two years. That's why I don't think they they panic and move Zach Wilson because he's still young, and I still think him learning from someone like Aaron Rodgers could help uh, salvage his career. I mean, learning behind one of the greatest of all time, I think that would be good for him, and he's still relatively cheap on his rookie contract. I just don't think moving Zach Wilson's the right move unless he asks out, but. Aaron Rodgers is one of his idols. So I feel like he would be loving the opportunity to learn from under him. Uh, so I think this is a great move for the jets, obviously uh, getting Aaron Rodgers, who feels very disrespected that the Packers were essentially moving on much like what happened 15 years ago when the Packers kind of forced Favre into retirement because they wanted to see Aaron Rodgers, who sat behind him for the first three seasons of his career. So it's very parallel, especially now with Green Bay, like them wanting to see Jordan Love uh, with one, potentially two years left on his rookie contract. So it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out for the Jets in the AFC. Obviously, it's stacked with Kansas City, Cincinnati, uh, Baltimore with the whole Lamar Jackson situation, probably going to get resolved here soon. Um, the the Chargers, the Browns, there's so many teams in the AFC. It's just it's going to be a fight for those seven playoff spots uh, in each division. And like, of course the wild card. So the AFC is going to be really exciting, but like talking about the Packers real quick, Anthony, before we move on, like I'm not a big believer in Jordan love until he proves it. His one start, I think it was 2021 against Kansas city. Didn't show, didn't look promising, but Aaron Rodgers didn't look promising. Uh, the couple times he had to play when Brett Favre got hurt or uh, it was just garbage time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Obviously they've acquired some more draft picks to try to put the pieces around Jordan love for him to try to succeed as the potential future franchise quarterback for the Packers, but it's hard to replace a legend. Uh, Rogers did it when they, when Favre moved on, it'll be interesting to see what Jordan love becomes here in the next year or two. Now that he's got the keys to the Packers franchise. This is an interesting, you know, topic because I think an interesting here is, you know, the Packers moved up two spots from 15 to 13 and they acquired, you know, that second round pick. Do you think this gives them enough ammo if they wanted to and they love one of these rookies, whether it's 
um, you know, Stroud or uh, Levis or Anthony Richardson gives them the capability if they wanted to uh, and like one of those guys more than Jordan Love to go up to, you know, number two or three to, to get one of these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. And it's just, it's so funny you bring that up because of the parallels between, you know, the end of Brett Favre's run in Green Bay and the end of Aaron Rodgers' run in Green Bay. I seen the clip over the weekend of Todd McShay and Merrill Hodge saying, uh, Brian Brom, who the Packers drafted in the second round in 08, saying that he was better than Aaron Rodgers. Now, of course, Brian Brom only started two games in the league, wasn't even for Green Bay. And he never amounted to anything in the NFL. And now I think he's a college coach. You know, they could draft someone like maybe not even in the first round, but if they wanted to draft, say, a Hendon Hooker uh, in the second round or maybe even a late first to get that fifth-year option because I feel like with the quarterbacks, that's kind of a must in this situation. It's probably why they drafted Jordan Love a few years back. But they could. I mean, they hopped up two spots, so they they got a little closer um, they might, if I'm looking at the draft board right now, they might want to hop Tennessee at 11, Atlanta at eight, Vegas at seven. They have added draft capital. If they wanted to, they very well could, but there's been no inkling so far through the pre-draft process that Green Bay is interested in any quarterbacks. It seems like they want to see what they have in Jordan Love, considering they invested a first round pick in him. They've seen him practice for so long for the last three years. He started one game. I feel like they want to go into 2023 seeing what Jordan Love has. And if he doesn't have it, Anthony, you're going to have two ones next year, potentially, in what is a stacked QB draft class in 2024 with Caleb Williams and Drake May. And there's another name out there that's escaping me, but I know there's at least three quarterbacks that people have been raving about in 2024. So if Green Bay's going to if the if what I think is right, they're going to go with Jordan Love this year, and then if it doesn't work out, they go in the draft next year to find the next long-term quarterback for Green Bay. Yeah, this, this would be the year to, you know, build out all of the, you know, the skill position guys uh, that you could potentially put around, you know, a rookie quarterback next year. But also it would serve as a, a way to see if you really have what you think you have in Jordan Love. You know, if Love doesn't perform well this year, they're going to be picking top five anyway going into next going into the draft next year where they'll have two first rounders now, uh, more than likely. So, you know, th- this would be the year to probably, you know, build out those skill position guys, receiver, uh, defensive end, uh, you know, cornerback, you know, tight end. You know, this is the, the, the draft to do that in. And, that way you have all the ammo next year. If you don't land the, the first pick or if you're top five or top 10, you know, be in a position that the, the Carolina Panthers were in this year where they traded up with the Chicago bears to, uh, and, and hopefully you're not competing with somebody else who needs a quarterback, but you know, if you have to trade up next year, you're going to need a, a lot of uh, capital in order to do so with Caleb Williams and Drake may. So hopefully, you know, their season doesn't tank, but you know, if it does, it'll put them in a good position. If love performs well, then you have your quarterback and use those two first round picks next year to add more skill position players and build out the rest of your team. So, you know, I, I think green Bay here is in a, a win-win situation, no matter what happens this year, if they end up losing a lot, 
but if they win a lot, they have their quarterback. If they lose a lot, they'll be picking top five and more likely have their choice at one of those two top guys next year. For sure. I, I agree with you. I think this is, and they, they have skill positions around uh, Jordan Love to succeed early on. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon at running back. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs uh, excelled as rookies, but uh, you got to work on that offensive line and the, and the tight end position needs upgraded and which is a stacked class in this year's draft. So uh, with that in mind, our original show plan was to do a first round mock draft for you all. And then we're going to do our seven round Browns mock drafts that me and Anthony have already done before the show. Uh, we will break them down for you all, but first Anthony, we will do our seven round mock, which I will bring that up on the screen for you. Just a moment. Can you see it, Anthony? Uh, I cannot. Okay, hold on. Not yet. There we go. You should be able to see it now. Yep, all good. Okay, so we have the PFF uh, mock draft simulator up. We're going to uh, go back and forth. I've got the odd teams, so obviously one, three, five, all the way down to 31. Anthony has the even teams. So, Anthony, before we get started, is there any trades you would like to do with me before we get things rolling? Uh, for number one, no, because Carolina's not going to be trained that pick. Okay, so we're going to get started here. I have the first pick, and Carolina's on the clock. Um, I think they're going to go this way. It seems like they are heading this way. Uh, they are going to go Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. I don't think he's the best quarterback in the draft. I personally would go with C.J. Stroud, um, and more so based on – his, I think his size and his durability, I have questions about Young being so small at uh, 5'10", but uh, Bryce Young was electrifying in Alabama. Uh, I can see why Carolina is going to go in this direction with uh, Frank Reich and uh, Josh McCown uh, mentoring him and building him up to be a great quarterback. So Bryce Young, number one pick to Carolina. Yeah, I, th I think that's pretty, uh, you know, the way it's going to go. So, that that's an easy one to, to start out the uh start out the draft on Thursday night. It's just gonna be all academic when when everything goes live. Uh for Houston being on number at number two, see they have pick number two and also pick number twelve. And I think I'm gonna make a trade with myself later okay. on here. So I'm gonna have the Houston Texans trade with the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Uh for the Colts to go up to number two and also give their uh, pick 35 uh, to Houston. And with the second pick, and I this is not the route I would go, but it just seems like uh, what the Colts are going to do, I think they're going to take Will Levis from Kentucky. <laughs> oh, man. And the odds are actually going that way now. I have seen, um, even though for some reason in Ohio, you can't bet on who the second round, or second pick in the draft is going to be. It all starts at three. Uh, but from the um, things I've seen on Twitter, Will Levis is the odds on favorite to go to, which is very curious. Um, I don't understand Houston's direction. Um, not, not for you, but just in general, like I know why they're not going to draft CJ Stroud because he shares the same agent as a Sean Watson, but um, them just not staying at two and taking the best player or taking Will Levis. If they believe in Will Levis, why wouldn't they take him? So a uh, very interesting 
uh, what Houston does Thursday night in reality, but uh, very surprising yeah. that we're seeing an intra-division trade in a mock draft too. So it, that. It's going to set the whole tone uh, of the draft, I think, on Thursday night. For uh, sure. What, what Houston is going to do, because we know what number one is going to be. We don't know what Houston is going to do at two or Arizona at three. And I think what Houston does at two is just going to set the whole tone for Thursday night. Yeah, very much so. And not only them, but I think Arizona at three. And now the rumors are starting to go all over the place, Anthony. Uh, we know they're not going quarterback because they just signed Kyler Murray, who did uh, ultimately suffer an ACL injury last year. Um, they're not going to draft a quarterback yet, even though it's a new regime. Jonathan Gannon, at head coach, uh, Monty Austin Fort as the GM. Now there's rumors going around that they're going to take an offensive tackle. They may take uh, Devon Witherspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois. There's a lot of smoke going towards them going offensive tackle. And that's where I'm going to go because I'm actually believing this. And our, our draft analyst, Alex Hale, believes it as well. Uh, I think they're going to go tackle. Kyler Murray's pushing for this guy. The third pick in the draft, Arizona Cardinals will take Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle, Ohio State. And I feel like that's going to really shake draft boards up too, unless the teams just believe Paris Johnson's that great and Arizona can't afford trading down to get him. So I go Paris Johnson Jr., third pick to Arizona. Yeah, that's, that's you know, Kyler needs protection. You know, they for have sure. uh, they have some skill position guys. Uh, but, you know, uh, the only way Kyler is going to live up to that contract he got is, is if he stays healthy. And he needs an offensive line in front of him in order to do that. Now, it, now with Houston on the clock, you know, I would – this this is interesting – because I, I want to go quarterback here uh, for Houston. Um, but I, I don't think that, uh, you know, Stroud is a possibility just because of the agent thing. Uh, you know, Anthony, Anthony Richardson, you know, sure, you know, is definitely another possibility. But for, for Houston, you know, they need to – they have a new uh, coach, uh, D'Amico Ryans, defensive guy. I think they go Will Anderson here. Uh, to get that defensive end to you know that they that they need now after you know they've lost over the years uh, you know JJ Watt you know they trade away you know they need another guy there uh, at the defensive end spot and I think Will Anderson would be a good pick for him and that would be great for Houston to move back from two to four pick up a se- extra second round pick as they continue to build out that team and still get arguably the best player in the draft and Will Anderson that's a, that's a great pick by Houston. Uh, I have Seattle pick number five. Uh, there's rumors they could go in two directions. Um, I think Geno Smith had a great year and I expect him to back it up. I don't expect him to uh, get paid and then just kind of fall back off and be the Geno Smith the first few years of his career. So I think they stick with Geno Smith at quarterback. Uh, they address the defensive line and this guy's had some questionable concerns uh, since you know, Georgia's national championship with the car accident, um, just a poor workouts and everything, but he's still a dominant player. And I feel like he gets to Seattle, which has had a great structure with Pete Carroll and John Schneider over the last decade. And I expect him to get him back on track and be that defensive monster up front. Seattle goes Jalen Carter, defensive line out of defensive lineman out of Georgia with the fifth pick in the draft. Yeah, I I think that would be, uh, you know, great for for them. You know, they've had, 
you know, some trouble guys while Pete Carroll has been there and Pete Carroll seems to have resonated with, you know, those, those players. So I, I think that, you know, if Jalen Carter does go there, I, I think Pete Carroll will, would be able to, to help him out and it would be a, a positive uh, situation for him. Yeah, definitely. So Europe next pick six Detroit Lions. This this is a this is a fun one, um, <laughs> because there, there's Detroit would have a hard decision here. I think, you know, they still have two years left on Jared Goff's contract, and they could go quarterback here with Richardson or C.J. Stroud. Um, I don't think they. I think they believe enough in, in Goff right now to not do that. So I am going to. You know, they have a, a great defensive head coach, and I'm going to add to that defense for them, and I am going to give them Devin Witherspoon. I like it. I like it. They just got rid of um, Jeff Okuda, who was their top 10 pick a few years ago, traded him to Atlanta, solidify that cornerback room with Witherspoon. I well, love that pick. What do you think the chances, though, that they could take a quarterback if Stroud is sitting there in their lap at six? Oh, I, if they went quarterback, I think Richardson would make more sense because then you can sit him behind golf for a year. I still think Richardson needs some development. Um, I, they could go Stroud, but I feel like, and I've seen the comparison golf and Stroud, like Stroud's NFL comparison has been Jared Goff. So I feel like if they're going to go quarterback, it would be like a Richardson type. Cause like why move from one guy to the other, obviously cheaper, but if they're the same skill set, same attributes, I just don't feel like that would be a, a parallel move doesn't make sense. I think you want to go on the upside, and I just think Richardson would make more sense here. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Yep. So Vegas, pick seven, and I feel like this is their dream scenario. I, I'm going C.J. Stroud here. Uh, new era for the for the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, they moved on from Derek Carr. They did sign Jimmy Garoppolo, but – feel like that's a deal they can get out of after one year. And, you know, you kind of feel for Garoppolo because he, you know, gets to a new start and you he probably thinks, oh, this is going to be my team. And lo and behold, Josh McDaniels goes and gets his guy for the future. And that's CJ Stroud's quarterback, Ohio state. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great for, you know, Vegas, you know, they, they need a big time guy, a quarterback. You know, I know, like you said, they meant they draft or they got Jimmy G, but drafting, you know, Stroud or Richardson, um, would be great. Would be great for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, pick eight, Atlanta Falcons. You're up, Anthony. Oof. This is another uh, interesting selection here. You know, how much does Atlanta believe in um, the guy they took out of Cincinnati last year in uh, Riddle? Um, Do they? Get another guy in free agency. I can't remember. Um, I don't believe so. Let me check real quick for you. I don't remember them signing anybody, but they've been in the Lamar Jackson rumors too. So no, they signed they signed Taylor Heineke. In free okay, agency, well, so. they signed somebody, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, th this could be a spot. You know, where if they wanted to draft Anthony Richardson, um, you know, he could sit for for a year like you mentioned uh you know it, you still need some time and I, I think uh you know atlanta you know has some you know young pieces but you know i'm not sure where they where they go here i i'll go with anthony richardson uh, <laughs> to atlanta um 
the only other option here I could see is maybe, you know, if Tennessee wanted to trade up or, or maybe uh, Washington. But, you know, I I think that, uh, you know, these guys are going to go top 10. I think Richardson will go here. Yeah, definitely. It, it makes sense. If, you know, if they want Lamar Jackson, you would think, you know, Arthur Smith could do some pretty amazing things with Anthony Richardson if he, he he's developed the right way. So that would be a very interesting pick as well. So uh, now we're at Chicago, who obviously had the number one pick before they traded it to the Carolina Panthers. I still think they need to address offensive line here. Uh, Peter Skaronsky is the best offensive lineman on the board. I have questions if he can be a long-term tackle. I feel like he's going to kick inside to guard um, if it doesn't work out. So they need help offense on the offensive line, the defensive line. They could go corner here as well. I'm going to go tackle, but I'm not going Skaronsky. I'm going Broderick Jones tackle out of Georgia. Uh, Alex has talked about him. He seems to really love Jones. So I feel like Carolina goes tackle or Chicago goes tackle. And then you got Jones and McGlinchey anchoring that offensive line moving forward for Justin Fields. You know, I I think that's good for Chicago because they do have another first rounder, um, right? They should have a second one. Um. I don't think they do, but they have a lot of extra picks. So, uh, oh, that's right. Where where did their original one go to? They were one, and they slid down to nine. Oh, never mind. Yeah, ignore me. No, you're good. Uh, you, you're thinking of thirty-two <laughs> because the Dolphins had to forfeit their pick. Yeah, thirty-two went to Pittsburgh in that gotcha. trade. So that's right. Um, you know, the Eagles being on the clock here at ten. You know, that this is a, a luxury. You know, for them, you know, they made that trade with New Orleans. Uh, you know, the New Orleans didn't have a great year, so now <clears throat> the the Eagles get to you know make a huge selection here in the top ten to you know add to an already talented roster. Um, and I think that they could pair up uh, somebody with Jalen Hurts here to I, I think make this Eagles offense even more explosive and i am going to go with jackson jackson smith the jigba whoa i was thinking you were going to go Bijan robinson because like the hot rumor is derrick henry to the eagles and i feel like if robinson's there at 10 i feel like the eagles might take him but smith and the jigba to the eagles that's an interesting one because they have Devonte smith they have aj brown like loading up the receivers for jalen hurts to make to prove to everybody he's worth that money he just got. That's a that's an interesting pick, and no one really talks about that. But I like that, Anthony. Yeah, another you know another guy on a, on a rookie contract that you know in a couple of years you're gonna have to have discussions about AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. So, you know, making sure that that talent pool at receiver you know stays full for them. Definitely, definitely. So the Titans are up at eleven. There's no quarterback on the board for them at this point. You're not gonna reach for you know, a Tanner McKee or a Hendon hooker. I think at this point, I just don't see the value there. They need, they have uh, Trayvon Burks, who was their first round pick last year. They could go wide receiver, but you're reaching for an Addison could go Quentin Johnson here. Um, so I look at them and they says I need offensive line help. Skaronsky's a top five player by PFF standards. Um, Taylor Lewan retired. So I feel like they're going to try Skaronsky at left tackle here. So that's going to be my pick here at pick 11, Skaronsky from Northwestern. 
they try him at left tackle and it worse comes to worse. And this reminds me of Robert gallery back in the day, who was a great lineman coming out of Iowa. He ended up being more solid as a guard. So I feel like that's worst case scenario for Skaronsky is he becomes a all pro pro bowl level guard. uh, If things don't work out at tackle. So Houston back on the clock at pick 12, Anthony. Yeah. Houston went defense with, with their first pick and you know, I think they could double up here on defense, uh, you know, put them in a really good position to be very successful, uh, you know, over the next, you know, see, you know, few seasons, um, you know, as they continue to build out the roster, there's no quarterback here. You know, they're probably going to play, be in the, the sweepstakes for uh, the quarterbacks next year. I'm going to go Christian Gonzalez. Uh, they got, they got a top defensive end and now they're getting a top corner in this draft and, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a very positive, uh, you know, first, you know, Thursday night for the Texans if they can land those top two defensive picks. Definitely. I, li- I like this because I look at the corner room right now. They drafted Stingley with the third pick last year, but then you have a lot of unknown behind them. Uh, Steven Nelson, uh, longtime veteran. You know, they have D'Angelo Ross, Kendall Sheffield, former Buckeye, Kobe Francis, Kadar Holman. Uh, they got Desmond King and Tavier Thomas who are good at the nickel spot, but they don't have another outside corner. Steven Nelson's good, but how long is he going to be there? Christian Gonzalez and Derek Stingley would be a solid cornerback duo for years to come. So that's an interesting pick. I actually like that one. I guess Uh, we could kind of do a good job here. (laughs) Yeah, not too bad. So, okay. So green Bay. So I updated it with the trade uh, being made. Green Bay is now on the clock at pick 13. Uh, we talked about them going, uh, adding some more skill players around uh, Jordan Love. Obviously, they have Watson, they have uh, Dobbs, they have Jones and Dylan in the backfield. But and I could go Quentin Johnson here, but I like this tight end class very much. Uh, they lost um, Aaron Rodgers' buddy. I think he went to Chicago. I forget the tight end's name. It's escaping me right now. Oh, Tanyan, Robert Tanyan. That just came to me. But I'm going to go Dalton Kincaid here at pick 13 to give Jordan Love another big-time weapon to throw to uh, on offense and just to load up and give him a good supporting cast to try to go out there and prove to everybody that he can be the long-term answer at quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. So Dalton Kincaid, tight end Utah, pick 13 to Green Bay. And it it falls into what we were talking about earlier. If you surround Jordan Love – with these pieces, you could definitely find out, I think, this season if he's going to be the answer or not uh, at the quarterback position for them. So you surround them with talent like Dalton Kincaid here and Christian Watson that they already have at receiver. I, I think you can find out some good things if you want to about Jordan Love. Without a doubt. So New England is next up on the clock, and PFF says they need a quarterback, Anthony, but I don't think you're going in that direction. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, but I, I should have looked at this before I picked evens because now you're asking me to get into Bill Belichick's head, which is just <laughs> uh, a, a task on its own. And I see a lot of defensive guys, though, and I feel like that's the direction Belichick would go. Yeah, you know, they've always they've always had uh, a strong uh, defense. And I'm going to pull up their death chart here because I oh, am here. I got it for you. Curious about something. Um I see a potential connection there. Okay. Here you go.
Uh, all right. I was looking at safety. They do have Kyle Duggar, uh, and Adrian Phillips. I, damn, I didn't realize your real peppers is still there. Yeah. Um, because I was thinking, you know, there's a guy uh, battled there from Alabama. Oh, uh, well, they got Branch. Or Branch, Branch, I mean, yeah. I'm, Branch uh, was the guy I saw there. I'm not sure if he's a free safety or strong safety. He played a lot of slot corner for Bama, 569 snaps. So I feel like he is more of a free safety. So that could be a fit there at pick for the Patriots. And Alabama, you know, Nick Saban, yep. oh, always yeah. that, always that connection there. Uh, they they always seem to you know like those uh, connection. You know, Noel Smith uh, would be an interesting pick uh, for them. Uh, I don't know how he would fit into their defense. Um, He's three, four outside linebacker. I mean, it's, he does. I, I would say let's go Nolan Smith. All right. Yeah. I like this guy. I would not be shocked if he goes top 10 on Thursday. Yeah. Same here. Um, you know, know, there's a lot of talk of him falling into the second round. Uh, but, uh, I I think that the uh, Patriots would be a good spot for him. Definitely, definitely. So Green Bay is now on the clock at pick 15. Uh, we talked about, you know, obviously their roster post Aaron Rodgers trade. I feel like they're great on the skill positions. Um, they're good. They're great on defense. I think that defense is ready to win now. Uh, but I look at their offensive line. Makai Becton has not panned out for them. Can't stay healthy. Um, they've been, you know, they've patchworked that offensive line here the last couple of years. You know, you have a signed Connor McGovern. He's going to be the center. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker really hasn't made an impact yet as a first round pick a couple of years ago. I mentioned Becton. I just feel like they got to go offensive line here. So when I look at the board and I just, it, Darnell Wright makes the most sense here uh, out of Tennessee. I, he's definitely a first round pick. Uh, and I think the Jets know that they need to protect Aaron Rodgers. They need to protect, protect, protect the investment they just made with the big trade and Darnell Wright makes most sense here at pick 15. Which means Anthony, you're up with the Washington commanders at I, pick 16. I, I, I was talking online, it was muted. You're but okay. yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. They, they better protect Aaron Rodgers Cause if he, he, if he goes down, you know, their, their season's going to go in tank. I know they have Zach Wilson, but you know, they didn't really perform, uh, really well with um you know with uh, Wilson last year so yeah, you, you better hope that uh, Rodgers does not go down so you have to protect them um with Washington here you know I know they need quarterback they're not going to reach for uh Hendon Hooker here um they need according to PFF guard corner linebacker or guard center linebacker as well. Um, I don't think there's anybody that would be worth taking there in the first round. So maybe they go best uh, player available uh, in this spot. Um, I don't think know, they're taking Bijan. I don't think they're taking Bijan. Uh, oh, let me pull up their depth chart for you real quick. Uh, Cansey from Pittsburgh, defensive interior. Brian Branch from Alabama. Miles Murphy, edge. I would Dante say Banks, safety. Maryland. Just looking at looking at their safety depth chart, I feel like Brian well, Branch makes sense here. Who are their corners? 
Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, and Danny Johnson are their top three corners. So they could go corner here too, honestly. You know, they they have a pretty strong defense. Uh, up front, yeah, definitely. Up front. So you know, I, they, I don't think they need, uh, you know, interior edge. Let's let's go with uh, let's go Brian Branch uh, yeah. for Washington. Makes a ton of sense for them, definitely. Just looking at the names, like I don't know the Commanders' defense, so I don't know if these guys graded out well for PFF, and that's why they don't think safety's a need. But when your starting safeties are a fifth round pick in twenty one and a seventh round pick in twenty twenty, and I've never heard of them, honestly, no offense to the Commanders fans, but it just Brian Branch makes a ton of sense. So good pick there. Pittsburgh's on the clock. Uh, they could go tackle. I don't feel like the linebackers a need because I thought they addressed that in free agency pretty well. Uh, they definitely need help in the secondary. This one makes too much sense, Anthony. Joey Porter Jr., cornerback, Penn State, going home to where his dad wreaked havoc in the Pittsburgh defense. He's going there to do the same exact thing. Porter Jr. to Pittsburgh just makes too much sense here. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, there, there's a long history there, obviously, and you know, as much as, you know, we all hated Joey Porter, uh, good linebacker, uh, his time there uh, in Pittsburgh. So getting getting his son, I, I think, would be uh, a very cool move for, for Steelers fans, uh, even though it would, it would suck. We just need uh, to find out if William Green has a son named William Green Jr. and then the Browns can draft him <laughs> and then they can reenact their father's fight from 2004. <laughs> um. That was before the game, too, wasn't it? Yeah. They, they were what, both kicked out before the game. That's what launched James Harrison's career because James got to start uh, when Joey Porter got ejected from the game. So It's pretty something, something special. I don't know if I've, we've ever seen that since two players getting ejected before the game. No, uh, it hasn't happened since, as that, far as I can recall. That just tells you how you know brutal Brown Steelers is. Yeah, definitely. All right, Detroit Lions pick 18 is on the clock. So there's some interesting routes here that Detroit could go because they already had, you know, the one uh, first round pick and, you know, they, who did I take? Um, I up here. Oh yeah. One second. Sorry. Devin Witherspoon Devin on defense. Yep. So, you know, they have um, a few interesting spots where they can go. Uh, B. John Robinson is still on board, but they have DeAndre Smith. They, then they signed David Montgomery out of Chicago. Um, you know, tight end, uh, could be a route that they go here, but, um, wide receiver, even after the Jamison Williams news, like, yep. Uh, you know, Michael Mayer, tight end, uh, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, both receivers, uh, could be a possibility, uh, for the lions. I'm going to go Michael Mayer, give him a dynamic, Ah. give him a dynamic tight end on that offense. You know, I think they'll be fine after those suspensions are done. You know, Jameson Williams comes back. So, you know, give them all the tools uh, on offense, giving a, give them a dynamic tight end uh, to, to be a, a good offense. Yeah, for sure. I like that pick. Uh, Michael Mayer's got a lot of potential coming out of Notre Dame, and it's just another weapon for Jared Goff, uh, what's already a talented offense in Detroit, to go along with their talented defense. I have Tampa Bay here at pick 19, obviously Baker Mayfield, and Kyle Trask will duke it out for the quarterback spot there uh, this upcoming season. They're still loaded at receiver. Uh, they could go offensive line here. I feel like that's something they should address outside of Tristan Wirfs at left tackle. 
they could go running back. B. John Robinson could be an option here. Um, I look at defensive tackle. They have Vita Vea at the nose tackle, uh, but they need someone to go alongside them. They signed Greg Gaines in free agency, but you know, Greg Gaines, I don't know how much impact he's honestly going to make. And when I look at Tampa Bay here, pick 19, Kalijah Cansey makes too much sense to pair up alongside Vita Vea on that defensive front uh, and keep can continue to build on that great Tampa defense. That's got a lot of potential with the young pieces they have and, and Vea and Winfield and uh, Jamel Dean, who is a promising corner and they have Carlton Davis still. So it just makes a ton of sense to go here. Uh, Kalijah Cansey at pick 19 out of Pittsburgh which means, Anthony, you're back on the clock with the Seattle Seahawks who have their second first-round pick at pick 20. I'm going to get another weapon for Geno Smith here. You know, they do have DK Metcalf. They do have Tyler Lockett. Uh, they have a couple receivers here uh, on the board still, Jordan Addison and Quentin uh, Johnston. I'm going to go with Quentin Johnson from TCU uh, to give him a, another – a uh, good young wide receiver to go along with DK Metcalf and, you know, give Geno Smith who just got that nice contract, uh, another weapon on offense. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, the chargers are now on the clock because Miami forfeits their first round pick because of the whole Steven Ross situation. They could also go wide receiver, you know, Keenan Allen's getting up there in age. Mike Williams just got paid last off season. They have Josh Palmer's or other receiver, but I look at their secondary they have Asante Samuel Jr., but their other corners are J.C. Jackson, who did not perform well in this, uh, after being the big free agency signing for him. And they also have Michael Davis. I'm going Deontay Banks, quarterback Maryland, a good player that's going to help that Chargers defense out tremendously. Uh, they could have gone wide receiver, and I thought about it with Addison being on the board, but Banks will help that secondary out big time in L.A. You took my pick for the Ravens. Uh, <laughs> just wasn't making sense there with Maryland. You know, I I don't think they would draft running back. I know Gus Edwards and um, the kid from Ohio State. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, that guy. Uh, were hurt at times last year, and, you know, running back could be a need for them. Um, you know, Baltimore has always had a, a, a strong defense. Uh, they obviously have to figure out the Lamar Jackson situation here very shortly. Uh, they lost uh, a couple guys on, on, or they lost one guy on the offensive uh, line that went to Denver, if I remember right. Yep, Ben Powers. Uh, so, you know, there's there's a potential need there. Um, I think I am going to go for the Ravens, another receiver. Um, I know they just signed uh, Beckham. You know, we're not sure how that deal is going to work out in one year. Um, they have Rashad Bateman. They, they got Nelson Aguilar. But I'm going to go with Jordan Addison uh, to get them another receiver. I like that. I like that. Um, speaking of, I like that. You like that, Anthony, because Minnesota is on the clock at pick 23. And at this point, if this guy was still on the board at pick 23 – uh, because he's even projected to go as high as the second round, second pick in the draft. He's still here on the board somehow on our mock. Tyree Wilson, edge out of Texas Tech, is going to the Minnesota Vikings, 
who need to bolster their defensive front and Tyree Wilson will do that in a big way. And I think Quezzy, um would be probably be jumping up and down if Wilson was somehow on the board, but he's off the board at pick 23 for the Vikings. Anthony, you're on the clock. Yeah, I know. Jackson. <laughs> talking and muted again. No, you're good, man. I got to figure this out. Um, for Jacksonville, you know, they had a, a you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence showed a, a lot of promise, uh, a lot of development last year, played really well. And I think there's a lot to be excited uh, for, for Jaguars fans going forward. Uh, but I, I think they need to protect their investment a little bit. So I'm going to go with the uh, lone guard that PFF has you know, ranked in the first round here, Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, it does fill what they need. They need to uh, bolster that interior of the offensive line and Osiris Torrance makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, New York giants are on the clock for me at pick 25. Uh, the Robinson's not going to be an option here unless they just think they can't get a long-term deal for Saquon Barkley done, but I think they will. So when I look at this team, they need to address, they could address wide receiver here. There's some options. Um, but they need to address the interior of their offensive line, much like Jacksonville just did. John Michael Schmitz, center out of Minnesota. It might be a reach. He's the 35th player on PFF's board, but it's definitely something they have to address here. So John Michael Schmitz is going to the Giants to help bolster that offensive line to not only create holes for Saquon Barkley, but to keep uh, Daniel Jones upright after they just paid him a big contract and extension. Yeah, you know, they're going to need that. And hopefully they can get the deal worked out with, with Saquon uh, long-term. Definitely. Uh, for the Cowboys here, I am taking this player at this spot only to get him off the board before the Bengals pick at 28. I'm going to go with B. John Robinson. Yeah. Uh, you know, they release Zeke, so they, they need a running back. And I, I think if Bijan falls to Dallas, I think they would be very thrilled for that to happen. Well, don't worry, because if he would have been – at my pick at 27 for Buffalo, Bijan would have been the pick because Buffalo needs a running back, uh, something to bolster that offense even more. So Robinson wouldn't have made it to the Bengals. Anthony, don't worry. Uh, Okay. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) So I am now Buffalo, obviously pick 27. Um, They need defensive line help. Obviously they need linebacker help. They need corners. So they're in a great spot here. I'm just going to go best player available. Miles Murphy, the edge out of Clemson makes a ton of sense for Buffalo at this point, 6'5", 258 pounds, uh, had 21 uh, hurries last year for Clemson, seven hits, six sacks, uh, really good pass rush grade, uh, was all over the place on their defense. I think he's going to be a great addition to Buffalo's defense as they keep inching closer to getting back to the Super Bowl for the first time in 30 years. Uh, I think Murphy to Buffalo at 27 would be a great value pick at this point. Even though B. John Robinson is off the board uh, for the Bengals here, I, I'm still going to, you know, not thrilled <laughs> that the, the talent still available here uh, for the Bengals because I think this guy could make all the difference. You know, they still have some very good, you know, playmakers uh, on offense. They have a great receiving core. Don't know about the running back situation with Joe Mixon, if he's coming back or not, but this is a deep running back draft and they could probably get one later on. Um but to fill a need for uh, the Bengals, 
and this guy is an absolute freak athlete, I am going to go with Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. I'm so disappointed in you right now, Anthony. Disappointed that it's good for the Bengals? Yes. <laughs> I, I know. It, it's a, you know, we wish that type of talent wasn't there, but it's there for the Bengals at this point. And uh, I think a dynamic tight end uh, would only add to the success that Joe Burrow is going to have there. So I'm going to shock a lot of people here, and I can see the Saints totally doing this. They signed Derek Carr to a three-year deal, but they can get out of it after one. I think having this guy sit behind Derek Carr is going to be great for him for one year. And as he continues to recover from his ACL injury, I think if he didn't get hurt, I think he could very well be in the mix for a top 10, top 10 selection with these other quarterbacks. The New Orleans Saints find their future franchise quarterback in Tennessee QB, Hendon Hooker, who they take with the 29th pick in the draft. That would be interesting. Uh, and the fifth year know, option I, I makes wonder... so much sense for them in that scenario as well. Yeah, and I, I wonder if there's, you know, a guy or the guy, excuse me, a team early in the second round there that may try to sneak in, um, you know, in that late first round, uh, maybe with like a a Buffalo or, or a Cincinnati to maybe get another pick or, you know, so that way uh, they that team could have that fifth year option on that player and it helps out those two teams with the upcoming salary cap. Uh, situation um but yeah hooker to uh new orleans that's that's an interesting move and you know that they're uh they're building for the future uh and that that would be a good move for them definitely so you're back on the clock with the defending nfc champion philadelphia eagles who took you you had them taking jackson smith the jig but pick 10 so wide receiver isn't a need at this point for them yeah, you know, they have a, a really talented, um, you know, offense, obviously with a, a great quarterback. Um, but for the Eagles, you know, they still need some, you know, interior offensive line. I don't know if there's a guy here that would, uh, you know, be able to to go there. Um, you know, this could be a, a trade down scenario for, for Philly uh, into the second round if somebody wants to come up. Um but you know, I, there's a safety. Their defensive line's getting older. It is. They have a very old offense or defensive line. Uh, you know, you look at. Let's see here. I know they re-signed uh, Brandon Graham uh, and, and Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is old. You know, Josh Twice is guy. He was drafted in eighteen. Um, you know, they do have some young guys behind there that they've drafted over the last couple of years. Yeah. Let's see. Further Bradbury. I didn't realize they signed Greedy Williams. Yeah, um, that was a little under the radar move for him. <laughs> That's okay. Greedy's been under the radar for the Browns for the last three years. So <laughs> shots fired uh, at Greedy. I know, right? Um, let's, let's get them, uh, some more edge help here. And I am going to go with, um, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. A lot of people love him and 
I know, I think it was Jack Duffin a couple weeks ago said, if the Browns had the 12 picks still, who would you want? And I know a lot of people said Lucas Van Ness, which makes a lot of sense because they do need, we do need some more help up front and in terms of pass rush. So Van Ness would be a great value pick for the Eagles at this point. Yeah, Will McDonald's also there, but uh, Lucas is a couple years younger. Yes. Uh, And I I think that that would weigh heavily into that, you know, well, it's going to be about 24 years old by the time the season starts. So um, I think that the, they kind of follow the same philosophy. Um, so I, I think that uh, Lucas would be uh, the selection over uh, McDonald there. Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, last pick of our first round mock. Uh, I'm going to go with this is starting to trend in that direction that Kansas city might go with this guy. Uh, Mahomes requested that the team bring him in for a pre-draft workout. Um, a lot of speed with this guy. He could be another home run threat. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Tyreek Hill, but he could definitely be that home run hitting impact guy at wide receiver for the chiefs. And I'm going to go Zay flowers wide receiver out of Boston college with the final pick in the Dogland mock draft. So Anthony to reek. You know I mean, we will post this on our Twitter account too, along with the episode when we uh, upload it to our, uh, wherever you guys get your podcast, but we will post this, uh, our results on the Dogland at the Dogland on Twitter. So you guys will definitely want to check that out. Yeah, this was fun. Um, you know, obviously we're going to head to talk about the Browns now, but you know, doing these mock drafts is always a fun time. And, you know, it's going to be interesting. And, and like we talked about, I think Houston at number two is going to set the the whole tone for how Thursday night is going to go uh, based on what they decide to do. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting after the uh, Texas or the Panthers draft Bryce Young and then the chaos will ensue with the Houstons at two. So it's going to be an interesting one. That's for sure. Um, as we wrap up this episode, uh, I asked Anthony to do a seven round mock and I did one as well. Um, I've been posting them daily on my Twitter account, kind of paying some homage to our, uh, our buddy, Steven Thomas, who obviously stepped away from his Browns fandom. Um, and we hope he's doing well. If he somehow listens to this, Steven, we love you, brother. Uh, we hope you're doing well, but, um, I've been posting mock drafts every day, every morning. I'll do one before work. Or during the weekend, I'll do one. And I asked Anthony, I said, do your own. I said, we'll reveal both on the podcast and uh, we will talk about them. Anthony, I'm going to let you go first. You use Pro Football Network's draft simulator. Go ahead and tell everybody how you think the Browns draft will go starting at pick 74 and onward. Uh, I tried to hit uh, as many uh, positions that I think that they still need to add to. Uh, for this mock drafts, uh, as well as, you know, maybe a couple uh, luxury picks. Uh, but for their pick 74, I picked uh, Jamie Robinson, safety out of Florida State. Uh, number 98, I picked a tight end out of Old Dominion, Zach Kuntz, uh, who I believe, remember correctly, had a perfect uh, 10 on the RAS score. Uh, just another, you know, freak physical athlete at the tight end position. Wide receiver, Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss. Cornerback, uh, Travius Hodges Tomlinson. Defensive tackle, Moro Ojomo out of Texas. Ty J. Spears, running back out of Tulane. 
maybe one of my picks that I, I really hope happens. Uh, and I think he would be a great backup to Deshaun Watson. And that is Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback out of UCLA. And lastly, uh, I was looking at the still adding to the uh, defensive backfield. And I grabbed Jordan Howden, who had an 8.88 RAS um, and is still a younger guy. So I uh, went with him uh, with their last pick uh, in the seventh round. I, I really like your mock. Um, they have some guys that I have consistently drafted in some of my mock drafts. Um, Jami Robinson, good. Zach Koontz is good. Um, Ojomo. He's actually in my mock that I'll be unveiling here in a moment. Spears is one of my favorite running backs in my in this class. Probably one of my three favorite prospects in uh, the entire draft class among all the positions. Uh, but overall, I really like your mock, man. It was really solid. Yeah, it's almost like we do this 100 times every year <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> before the draft gets here. Yeah, I've done every one. I've done one a day for like the last what month month and a half at least like some of them i don't post on social media but i try to do at least one a day you know like you know steven started a trend like five six years ago and it, it some people call it a sickness but i just call it being a browns fan in all likelihood yeah yeah because you know how many years that we sat here in october already talking about draft uh Thankfully, yeah. over the last few years, we haven't had to do that as much. Uh, we haven't done that, or I haven't let you do that. Well, that, there's that point, too. You haven't <laughs> let me talk about the draft. Uh, I might be able to sneak in one if there's like a big college matchup uh, yeah. on Saturday. But uh, other than that, Jack has not let me uh, talk draft at all, which is fine. Yeah. But well, when the Browns were good, I'm like, we're not talking draft. We're just not talking draft. And then, you know, once the inevitable came, I'm like, you know what, let's just talk about it. All right. Well, so and, we and, and, not, and not having a first round pick last year, this year, or next year, you know, it kind of uh, puts a damper on my mood uh, because we can't talk it as much. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's because it's hard to predict at this point. Like our mock drafts are going to look diff totally different. But like everybody's mock drafts different because we don't know what the Browns, we don't know how the first 73 picks are going to play out. So it's kind of crazy to try to predict it. But that's what the simulators are for because they try to give us some kind of idea on what's going to happen. Yeah, it's impossible to get like the top 10 right, let alone, you know, 70 something picks before the Browns are picking. Unless you're Alex, when I think it was 21, he, well, there's, he hit yeah, like the first seven picks or whatever. I mean, he had like an insane amount. Like it, it was just, well, like, he, he better put that into a parlay because if he does it again, he can make a lot of money doing that. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately he can't because Texas doesn't allow sports gambling, unfortunately. Cause he already said like well, all his predictions, he would make over a thousand bucks in bets. So I mean, they need to uh, uh, get to the 21st century in yeah. Texas down there. But... Ted Cruz, whoever Rick Scott, whoever the freaking people are down there, get it done. Let's get it up. Get, make Alex happy that we need him to enjoy it. No pun intended, Anthony. You know, you just had to drop that in there. <laughs> and you you have to live with that the rest of your life, man. All right. That's fine because my I, I'm done with my heel turns with the baseball team. So exactly. we're, we're good. We knew you'd come back to the dark side. Um. All right. So in that in mind, we'll go with my mock finally. I use Mock Draft Database, which people don't know the website. They take all the mock drafts, all the big boards, make a and make the consensus ranking. And that's the one I frequently try to use. I also use Jack Duffin's 
uh, draft board with the athletic testing, the ages and the guardrails and tried to stick to them for the most part. And I feel like I did a pretty good job. Uh, Duffin gave the approval this morning, Anthony. So I, f- I felt pretty good about that. So uh, hopefully he sent it over to AB and D Podesta because I still think he's secretly working for them. At some point, I think he could work in that front office. He can I, I work think... remotely if Deep Podesta does. He's just five hours ahead, so <laughs> he'll, he'll, be, he'll always be five hours ahead of AB with whatever AB's. <laughs> so, with that in mind, here we go. Finally, my mock draft, which I'm, I'm obviously going to post two more before uh, it's all said and done. But today's mock: pick 74, Derek Hall, edge out of Auburn. Pick 98, Marvin Mims, wide receiver, Oklahoma. Pick 111. Tank Bigsby, running back, Auburn. Pick 126, Moro Ojomo, defensive line, Texas. Pick 140, Cottrell Clark, cornerback, Louisville. Pick 142, Noah Sewell, linebacker, Oregon. Pick 190, Ryan Hayes, offensive tackle, Michigan. And pick 229, I went Trey Dean the third, safety out of Florida. There's there's Three picks I really like there. I really I like Marvin Mims. I, I think he'd fit in his offense. Uh, Tank Bigsby, uh, really good running back, and we've talked about how deep this running back draft is, uh, and I think he would fit in well. And one thing I overlooked in my draft um, was the offensive because AB has taken an offensive lineman in each of the drafts that he's had with the Browns, and I didn't take one, but Ryan Hayes out of Michigan I, I think would be a good – uh, you know, long-term project and a guy to fill in, um, you know, if somebody does go down. Yeah, definitely. I just think like there's no guards really worth taking. I feel like if you're going to go, if they're going to get a guard, it'll probably be really late or undrafted free agent. Um, Duffin mentioned Antonio Mafia out of UCLA as an option, but there's tackles worth taking. I know the Browns have talked with a couple tackles, which makes me think they're going in that direction where, this could be the replacement for James Hudson, or they might find someone in the late rounds that they think they can sneak and get and potentially Bill Callahan can mold into a future left or right tackle. I just think there's some options there uh, definitely for the Browns. And I thought Hayes with his athletic testing, Michigan's history of producing offensive linemen, I think he could be a steal and uh, on day three for the Browns for sure. If what one, one maybe like final question uh, before we get on out of here. Yeah. If you had to rank top three positions of need for the Browns going into the draft this weekend, what would you have that as? Uh, edge. I know I, I I know they've done a good job in, in free agency, kind of filling those immediate needs, but you know they still have uh, some route to go. Yeah. So I think for the long term future of this team, edge wide receiver, D-tackle. I think those are three positions they need to hit. And I would say running – and I'm just going to go ahead and throw the fourth, I think, running back. Even though, Anthony, I will say, the way the veteran free agent market has gone for running backs, I will not rule it out that Nick Chubb signs another extension with this team and also takes less money because if his agent is smart and he's smart and he's watching the way the running back market goes, I could see him taking a short-term – cheaper extension to stay with the Browns long-term just because I think Nick Chubb would do that anyways, based on his character and everything. But I would still take a running back in this class, A, because Jerome Ford's unproven, and B, this class is stacked. And and I have, like, 
there's several running backs I would love to see in orange and brown after this weekend. I just think this class is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, I think the those are two really good points there. You know, with with Nick Chubb, I I feel like he could definitely be willing to to take less money. You know, if it meant staying here, uh, you'd write about Drone Ford not being proven yet, but I I definitely think there's a lot of potential there. Um, you know, they have a couple guys behind him, John Kelly and, and Nate McCreary, you know, that really don't, uh, you know, factor into this equation. But if no. they see a couple, if they see a couple guys that they do like, I could totally see them, you know, maybe grabbing a couple of these running backs to come in and, and maybe one could be a, a special teams guy if they feel, you know, they're able to, to do that and contribute that way. Yeah, and even Jerome Ford was great as a kick returner last year, so he could be our special teams guy. But I know they have expectations for him, but even if they have expectations, I'd, and I think A.B. in the scouting department can see this, this running back class is stacked. You can never have too many weapons on offense, just like you can never have too many pass rushers on defense. Um, I do expect them to draft a running back this weekend, but definitely address the defensive line and get another wide receiver Uh for the future moving forward. It was a it was a draft podcast. So we had to basically drop our model for the podcast and there's somewhere about the pass rushers. There is one position I would include in this and that is linebacker. Yeah. Um because you know you do have JOK, you brought back Anthony Walker, you brought you know Jacobs Phillips is back, but uh see Taki Taki they brought back but there were so many in last year. These guys are coming off of injuries. And right now that whole position is up in the air. You know, are these guys going to be healthy enough to, you know, be able to do a good job? Uh, maybe they need a couple guys at the linebacker spot uh, to a push some of these guys and B just to have bodies because, um, you know, if these guys aren't healthy and ready to go. They're going to need some, some guys out there. So I, I think linebacker, I would probably put at number two. I'll put uh, defensive tackle at one and then uh, receiver at three. That's what I'll do. Yeah, I definitely see them drafting a linebacker this weekend. Like you said, that position had a ton of injuries. They did bring some key veterans back, but it would, I think, you know, the way Jacob Phillips didn't pan out, um, there's still question marks about JOK. I definitely could see them bringing a linebacker in to bolster some competition and depth for sure uh, this weekend. Jack Campbell, please. Thank you. Uh, if And I agree with Corey Cannon from the Browns wire because he said this, if Campbell or Keanu Benton start to slide, those are guys I would move up for. Because Anthony, of all likelihood, as we wrap things up, I don't see them drafting eight rookies. I definitely see them trading some picks maybe to move up to get a guy or to move back. I can see them moving back and acquiring uh, future draft capital to keep that flexibility. So um, if some guys start to slip and there's a few guys, Campbell and Benton among those, I could definitely see the Browns moving up to get somebody for sure. Yeah. I don't see, I'm with you. I don't see them bringing in eight guys. I don't know if there's room for, for eight rookies on this team, uh, you know, with some of the multiple draft picks and the free agents that they've brought in over the last couple of years. I don't know. I'm not sure if there's room for eight guys. So if they could, maybe condense that down to five or six, mm -hmm. you know, and move up to get some quality guys. I would be all for that. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed this 
somewhat lengthy podcast. It did go longer than it uh, usually do, but we hope you all stuck around and listened uh, throughout the duration of the podcast. Coming up later this week on Wednesday night, maybe early Thursday morning, our draft preview episode with our draft analyst Alex Hale will be out. Um, Thursday night, Alex is hosting the Top Dogs draft twitter space i will be in there anthony if you're not working i hope you'll come in and uh talk with us throughout the first round and then i have friday, to put up with alex yes and then uh, friday night I guess. <laughs> and then friday night we are doing the dogland draft twitter space we'll cover rounds two for three and then saturday i might hop in and do a twitter space for at least the fourth into the fifth round i'm not gonna sit and throughout the whole day saturday uh just because I'm not going to sit there and talk for five, six hours, but I might do a Twitter space on Saturday, depending on how I'm feeling and how tired I am from the night before. But uh, we're definitely going to have a ton of coverage for you here at the Dogland podcast, as well as the Top Dogs podcast, uh, which is part of the network here. Um, with that in mind, as we wrap things up, you guys can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Jokey. You can follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry 08. And of course, uh, keep it locked and followed at the Dogland for all Browns coverage. Until next time, Browns fans, as we get on out of here, as always, go Browns.